Alright, and it looks like we are live. Yay, Miss Heather has joined the room. Here, I'm here. Except now I can't hear you through my earbuds. How fun. <laughs> I mean, what would a live show be without some technical difficulty? You know, tech issues. <laughs> It's like literally, I was just connected. And... Oh, I'm getting feedback. All right, I'll take the earbuds out. Yep. And they can go bye bye. Yep. All right, folks. Well, hello, this is Jamie. And this is Heather. And welcome to using your in our inside voice. <laughs> <laughs> what do we call our show again? <laughs> It's been a day, folks. It's been a day. I know everybody is. is I'm still hurt. getting feedback. I know. I'm. I am putting the. I'm putting the buds away as we speak. So hopefully that will stop that business from happening. Cool. All right. I think it will. Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Then I'll just hold it back here and I'll talk from. Nope. <laughs> Why are we so hot? I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I'll hold it from like way far away. Mm. Jeez Louise. You know, it, yeah, it's, it's been one of those days. So let's just say we're starting to live. Here we are. It's been a crazy day for me so far. And I'm totally not surprised that we're having tech issues because stuff like this has been happening like off and on for, I don't know, the last several days for me. Has anything like this? I, I know you had some tech issues. I did last week, yeah. Last week too, right? Mm hmm Maybe I just need to turn the volume down on yes. the old iPad. Maybe that'll save it. Is that better? Uh, too early to tell. All right. Well, let's hope so. Anyway. Nope. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah, cheap, cheap. It was happening last time we did a live too, but not quite this bad. That's so weird. I'm going to try propping up the iPad and not touching it and seeing if that will help the issue. For anybody who is actually listening along right now, Apologies. Bear this is with what us. happens. This is what happens when you decide to do lives. You you don't get the added benefit of of cleaning everything up in post. Yeah. Before you all hear it. But the fun part about a live is that you know, we get to be a little more topical. And you can hear all the stupid shit we say that we can't edit out later. That's true. That's true. We have zero filter. Mm-hmm. Zero filter. Okay, this I mean, is still weird. I have a little filter, but sometimes it slips. Oh. Anyhow, I, I don't know about you, but I think I've given up on this intro for, for this time around. You've been introduced. Welcome to it, using our inside voice. <laughs> Welcome to Lionsgate. Yes, rar. 
rar. <laughs> rar, rar, rar. I mean, there has been a lot of excitement on the social medias about today. There is. And it's that seems to be consistent. I mean, if I think about my personal journey, I don't think I really had Lionsgate on my radar until about, oh, it's been maybe about 10 years or so. So that's Less than that for me. So that's like, that's still relatively new in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because like in my own personal path, I started out from, you know, a very traditional Christian household and, you know, from the time of being a teenager, kind of moved into aligning more with, with paganism. And um, I don't know that I would really say Wiccan, Wiccan friendly, but I, I don't think I, I don't think I was narrowing it down that much. Mm -hmm. And I went from that to, to kind of encompassing, you know, anything that I could get my hands on that I identified with and could find value in. So my spirituality, like home base really grew to include quite a bit, which meant quite a few holidays, you know, quote unquote holidays, quite a few quote unquote sabbats and, and, you know, days of importance. And after a while, especially when you're choosing to subscribe to more than your, you know, subscribing to more than not subscribing to that list of days becomes quite long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's things that I've been doing since I was a teenager. So there's a lot of, you know, more pagan sabbats that I probably follow a lot more closely. And in Lionsgate, you know, it's, it's come around more recently to me. And it's not that I haven't celebrated it or, or haven't, you know, done rituals or ceremonies or, you know, things of that sort concerning Lionsgate, I have, but for me in particular, like I have no fire in my chart, like zero. And I have very little water in my chart. I think there's two. So <laughs> I am, I am really mostly air and earth. And although I am very much a lover of the element of fire, like I would consider myself a bit of a, a pyro. Like I love a nice flame. I love, you know, I don't love heat. Heat is not my friend. Mm -hmm. I'm a very pale girl, very pale skin. And so, you know, going out and basking in the sun and that's not, necessarily very high on my list and fire energy in in general is not very high on my list so when it comes to like things that surround summer 
and that are very big on fire energy. I, I tend, I tend to not be as enthusiastic about those things as a lot of people. <laughs> you are really couching your terms, lady. I don't like it. <laughs> Thank you. At least it's honest. <laughs> I mean, the other things were honest too. That, that wasn't not honest. It's not like I hate it. I don't, I don't hate Lionsgate. I'm just not as enthusiastic as everybody else. And sometimes I feel kind of like a schmuck because I'm not as like, you know, I have to gather all of my things and do all of the things. Like, can I come in yoga pants? That that is utterly ridiculous though. That's like saying Can I write a tea that's like saying Jewish people are killjoys for Christmas. Like, who says that? Who does that? Who thinks that? Okay, me every once in a while. But aside from me, you know, I think everybody understands that you have to pick and choose which holidays, quote unquote, <laughs> you um you subscribe to. There's too many. And if if it doesn't resonate, it doesn't resonate. Most but it's hard. Like it's harder when you decide to be like more involved in the spiritual community and you look at like I <laughs> I had a moment earlier when I I was trying to um I was thinking about it and I and I was getting some visuals and in my head it was kind of like um my from my big fat Greek wedding when she's going to school with her little paper lunch sack of you know moussaka Mm -hmm. And all the other girls have like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and everybody is like, ew, what do you have? <laughs> and it's like, you know, and all the little blonde girls are sitting at the table. And then there's like the one little, you know, hefty girl at the other table with her moussaka. And I'm like, I feel like I'm the girl at the other table sometimes because I'm like, not woohoo, I'm going to get dressed up and I'm going to wear all fire colors and I'm going to light some flames and I'm going to manifest and I'm going to write down all my lists. And I'm going to be so, so happy about this major conjunction of Sirius and the sun and Orion's belt and like all the other things. I'm like, okay, it's, it's eight, eight. It's, it's a cool day for doing manifesting things. Yay, I like manifesting things, but like I'm not I'm not down for like I'm 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 not going to any fire ceremonies tonight. <laughs> like I don't think I'll be watching a meditation or anything online. Like I'm not gonna join a circle. Like this is it. Right. Hello, my name is Jamie. I am currently celebrating Lionsgate and this is how I'm doing it. I mean, you're literally having a live podcast. That's a pretty huge expenditure of energy and acknowledgement of an energetic portal that you don't resonate with. So I think you've met your quota for spiritual correctness. But what if we took, we went back to that lunch table and we changed our perspective to be, you know, I'm sitting at the table I want to sit at and they're at the wrong table. Or what if we don't judge the tables at all and just hang out at our own table happily doing our podcasts? What if that? Yeah, like, you know, like, I don't care one way or another. Like, 
more power to you. If this is your day and it makes you excited and, you know, it helps you put things in perspective and it helps you, you know, get in a space of intention for the rest of the year, like more power to you. I'm all for it. Like, yay you. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just like, I'm a five, five girl. Like that's my manifesting time and it's in my birth month. So like that one, that one I hang with a little more and, and I get it that there's other astrological things happening during, during Lionsgate, but much like, like, I feel like I have some peculiar, peculiar, peculiarities. <laughs> yes. That what she said. Um, which I cannot say today for some reason. Um, like most people really, really have a hard time with Mercury retrograde. Like that's my ruling planet. And I'm like, oh, yay, do-overs. Woo woo. Let's, let's do a do-over. I'm cool with do-overs. So I'm usually like skipping along, having mostly a fine time with Mercury retrogrades where most people are like, I hate you. <laughs> um, like I'll have tech issues sometimes, but like right now I am having way more tech issues today than I have with like the last three or four Mercury retrogrades, to be honest. Like that's usually the only problems that I'll see are like tech stuff during that time, but this is way worse. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if it's just because there's friction between the fire and I or or what. <laughs> well, I think your um, feedback problem had something to do with me because I'm not, um, even though I know I should, I don't have any um, earbuds. And I think your phone was picking up your voice through my phone. So hopefully... Oh. I've managed to curb that a little bit, but until I get earbuds, I think that that's just going to be a thing. But what I wanted to say was that for me, these portals, you know, these celebrations that, that people pick up on, I take a different approach to that kind of energy. Um, I basically say, you know, to my guides, is it, is there something I need to pay attention to during this time? And I very much let the energy lead me into whatever experience it's it, whatever experience I'm supposed to have. And um, and there's a sense of challenge in me over that. I don't you know, just because everybody's celebrating it, the, the benefit of everybody celebrating something together is it creates a surge that meets what is already a surge. So the surge of energy of the idea of this alignment and what it can provide energetically and what light codes it may, you know, uh, pass on to us or through us is met with a surge of so many people being excited about receiving those light codes. And that's, that's magical. However, if something is not really floating my boat, I'm not going to go out of my way. I already don't go out of my way um, most of the time in terms of these energetic special occasions. 
I don't do a whole lot of ritual work. I, you know, I have a cabinet of oils. I have a shelf of crystals. I very rarely use them. I very rarely meditate. I, you know, as far as um, spiritual observation goes, my spiritual work takes place almost 24 seven within my head. I don't use a whole lot of tools. I haven't bought a crystal in years. You know, that's just who I am spiritually. I decided when I was getting really involved with my guides and talking to them very conversationally, I decided those permission slips were not things that I needed to use or they didn't resonate with me anymore. And it just sort of happened naturally. It's not that I rebelled. It's not that I made a conscious decision. It was just that every time I went to go do something like that, especially by myself, it was just like, eh. If, however, I am with another person who is excited about it, then I can support their excitement and their excitement ignites my excitement and there is group excitement and yay, let's do the thing. You sure. know, so when you were like, hey, do you want to do a podcast for 8-8? I was like, yay, but not because it was 8-8, but because I like podcasting and a lot of energies have been coming through. Yeah. That's that's true. And and my excitement wasn't as much about it being eight eight as it was about just getting the opportunity to do a live. Because I, I think we're growing to the point where, where we actually really enjoy doing the live. And um and it's it's just it's kind of nice to be able to do it on the fly and let whatever comes through comes through because again i think the closer that we can get to like how this naturally works for us which most of the time is just us talking over the phone to each other mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know and the and this is really close to that so and and that seems to be when they kind of you know tap us on the shoulder the most not that that doesn't happen during recording it does it just means that you know everybody else has to wait before they can you know join in and and yeah so and partake and and partake and you know and it's a little it's a little less fuss it's also a little less um it's a little less polished <laughs> Definitely, like as you can tell with with you know the Santa's stuff. reindeer. We'll get, we'll get that smoothed out, you know, as we go along too. I'm sure, you know, as as things update for for apps and and such, it'll get a little smoother. And as we kind of figure out which devices hold up better, like tonight, I'm I'm I am using the iPad for the first time instead of the little tiny phone, because as many of you may have come to realize as you get older and your <laughs> eyesight starts to go, you know, for the generation who, who grew up watching White Christmas, as Bing Crosby said, it's like playing the old trombone. You're kind of like holding it far away and then up close and far away and up close and trying to hit all those little buttons and trying to figure out like what the hell is going on when you're on a phone is not easy so i'm sure they can empathize but what i, I want to know what yeah. i want to know is outside of the technical difficulties 
have you been getting any information? Have you been getting, I, I think you mentioned breadcrumbs the other night. What kind of breadcrumbs? Yeah. So it has been interesting, like, and, and people tend to say that, you know, the gate opens, what, I think it opened technically on the, the 26th or the mm -hmm. 27th, somewhere around there. And I will say during that time, things have been coming through. And for me, one of the most interesting things is like, I'm also a medical intuitive. So the guides will tend to tap me about like medical stuff as well. And um, a little while ago, I was tapped about like, I couldn't sleep. I was having a hard time sleeping one night and I got up and my guides tapped me to watch a very particular video on the vagus nerve. And I'm like, all right, vagus nerve stuff. I haven't approached that in a while. Sure. Why not? Let's, let's see what the vagus nerve meditation is. First of all, what is the vagus nerve? So the vagus nerve is the longest nerve it's really a system because there's a left and there's a left and a right vagus nerve but we tend to um talk about them as one thing the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve runs pretty much throughout the body so it has a lot of pull on on mental faculties as well as your heart and your digestive system um so that was mental faculties not metal faculties right mental faculties. okay just checking with an n mental um and there's a lot of things that kind of come into play like if you're anxious or or you're finding yourself depressed um, some of that may actually be a vagus nerve issue, like the vagus nerve kind of being out of whack and needing to be reset. And it can kind of snowball into having other issues like heart palpitations and again, digestive issues. And I was having some digestive issues and i was having some anxiety so i'm like okay well this seems to fit this works let's let's you know watch this meditation and uh and see what it's you know see what comes up out of it and one of the first things that happened in the meditation was um a little bit of a reset where the gal that i was watching asked everybody to you know, lay down and let their gaze go to wherever it just naturally wanted to settle, whatever it naturally wanted to settle on. And I noticed that I was having a hard time with that. Like one of the first things that I noticed is normally when I'm going to meditate, I'll lay down and get in a comfortable spot and kind of, you know, there, I have a couple of things that I work through to, to try to get my body to relax a little bit more. And then I close my eyes right away. And that's just 
a normal part of what I've done, what I've been doing since I was, you know, 13, 15 years old. It's been a while. And what I noticed is one of the things that she said is if you are finding that you are closing your eyes, open your eyes back up and, and just, you know, let your gaze fall wherever it wants to, but keep your eyes open and pay attention to your breathing. And I noticed that when I did that, all of a sudden, like my breathing sped up and I was breathing more shallow and in my chest. And I'm like, what? Whoa, wait a second here. That's, that's anxiousness. That's anxiety. Why, why with the anxiety right now? And then she kind of walked you through, you know, adjusting your breathing and letting you know, leaving your eyes gazed on that, that fixed point and allowing your breathing to kind of return. And all of a sudden my guides hit me with, you know, that's a trick that you do when you are uncomfortable or you're anxious or you are dealing with something that is uncomfortable for you, you will close your eyes. And that is your sign to yourself basically to leave your body. And I was like, I'll be damned. I have been doing that. Like some bitch. <laughs> I have noticed that that is, that is definitely a thing. And it was so subtle that had I not gone through this, I would not have picked up on it. And basically what came out of that was the realization that although I have been doing a lot of, you know, a lot of shadow work and a lot of work on releasing and working through certain issues and trying to be more embodied, I have been working on the the mental, emotional, and energetic portion of the issue, but I have not been working on the more physical, I guess you would call side effects of those issues or trauma. So while I've been processing things out the other way, through, through the more mental facets of it, I have not been processing things actually physically through the body, which has left me in a really interesting spot. It means that now I have, I have physical repercussions of holding that trauma, but I haven't dealt with it. But although on the physical level that is, but although I've dealt with it on the mental level, now having removed that, it, it's like I have stored stuff in my physical body, but no attachment to what that stuff, quote unquote, actually is, because mentally, emotionally, and energetically, I've worked through it.
Right. Physically, I have not. Right. So it left me in kind of a precarious place. And I've kind of been dealing with it ever since. And a lot of it means that I've been kind of physically uncomfortable for the last, was it, week, two weeks? So, yeah, I've been working through that and trying to get more in touch with a, excuse me, with a vagus nerve. And it's interesting because it's actually really easy to work with the vagus nerve. Like I, I didn't. What does working with it look like? So there's a lot of different ways to do it, but it could be as simple as, I'm like, here is a fun exercise. You know, if you lay down and you, again, kind of what the gal was explaining in the, in the meditation that I was doing, allow your gaze to kind of settle on whatever it wants to keep your eyes open and kind of start to regulate your breathing. If, if you're breathing faster or a little more shallow, you know, just very naturally allow yourself to settle into a place of, you know, being in here and now and in the here and now you're, you're safe and you're protected and you're in your own little pocket. So you're good. And then turning, not turning your head, but just shifting your eyesight to the right and holding it for 30 seconds and kind of going through the same kind of exercise with regulating your breathing and then bringing your, your eye line back to center and then shifting it to the left and doing the same thing and then bringing it back to center. And it's really amazing how much that actually does. Like one of the things that, that she was talking about was, well, once you kind of come back up, if you have been tight, like in the neck and shoulder area, now turn your head left and right and see how much farther your range of motion is just from doing that because that nerve has relaxed and is in a more balanced state. Mm -hmm. And so the rest of your body has fallen in line. And I was like, I'll be damned. That's like, that's like a real thing. And this is kind of um, falls in line with, you know, if there's people out there who have, who work with like somatic response, this kind of gets lumped into that kind of work as well. And like, if you've done a lot of somatic response work, you've probably have, done work with the vagus nerve because that tends to be like a big target for people who do that work. What is somatic response? So somatic response, and I'm probably not going to explain it very well. There are people who are, who are, are far more um, in tune with it than I am, but somatic response has a lot to do with, um, with embodiment and being in the here and now and kind of bringing your attention back to the here and now and working on, um, on kind of allowing yourself to reconnect with whatever is in the present and disconnecting yourself from the worry of either the past or the future. So really focusing and using something physical to focus on. 
So either doing little exercises like that, where you're helping to um, relax the vagus nerve. Uh, I know there are people who like have full blown like workouts centered around that. I know that there are folks that have done um, like ice bath therapy in conjunction with somatic response. So um, kind of plugging another person that I know has done a lot of that work and actually has a lot of um, a lot of interviews with various people that she's worked with concerning somatic response, if that's something that interests you. Um, Leanne Rines, of all people, has a podcast. And that's, that's the type of work that she does quite a bit. And um, her podcast is Holy Human, uh, W-H-O-L-L-Y, Human. Mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll, she's- We'll list it in our insights. Yeah, we'll page. list it in our insights, but she's, she's done quite a few interviews with various, um, various teachers and gurus that she's worked with that uh, that works in somatic response. And that, that really seems to be something that that works for her. And she posts about it um, on her IG that's not her music IG, but uh, the IG that's like her kind of more spiritual space. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, it was kind of interesting working through you know, just the thought of that something so tiny, such a tiny little shift of closing my eyes has been cutting me off from a rather significant portion of the work that I've been doing mm -hmm. completely without my knowledge. And it's, it's interesting that like, I didn't necessarily get upset over it. But I got really curious about it. I was like, dang, man, that's like, that's big. It's big, but it, it can also be shifted with like a fairly tiny minor adjustment, which was right. nice. Um, the, the, the working through the physical stuff has not been fun. That's been a lot harder. Well, because um, you're playing catch up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's like, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to clear out a, a backlog of, of just gunk. So yeah, so that has not been fun, but at least now I know. And knowing is half the battle. Definitely knowing is half <laughs> the battle. And finding something that was so simple to kind of help work through it was a relief. Well, I think that's the um, thing, though. I think that um, for most of the stuff that we encounter, it is a small, when we finally find that root, we always imagine, like, when I say you need to find the, the, the very core of that root and you need to pull it out, but when we finally are turned on to the real root, it is linked to something so minute that we would have continued to miss it forever if things hadn't aligned just perfectly for us to understand the message. Totally. And it's so much easier. The, the hardest part of healing is becoming aware. 
Absolutely. And once you're aware, it's like, oh, so I just stop doing this thing and start doing this thing instead. I think I can do that. And then, you know, you do that. And before you know it, you are a different person and you're getting completely different results in your life. Absolutely. It's, um, it's really interesting how, how something, again, how something that seems so minor can shift, you know, one way or the other. And it works in both directions, you know, just like, the shift out of it was very minor, but the shift into it was very minor, but it caused a lot of, <laughs> it caused a lot of issues. Sure. It just wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't really tuned into. So yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy how, how that works. Well, I think a lot <sighs> I know a lot has been coming through for me um, regarding the handshakes we make with survival. And the guides have been likening the energy or idea of survival to shaking hands with a demon. Um, because that it's so subtle when we do it. And we're so young when it happens that we don't stand a chance of being completely conscious or aware of the decision we're making on our own behalf that follows us long into adulthood. Sure. And that's why it's, it's a simple fix once you find out about it, but yeah. where is it hidden within you? And, 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 you know, what kind of stars have to align fitting for this day in order to make us aware that that's what we've chosen our entire lives. Absolutely. No, I well, totally get that. So it sounds like Lionsgate actually really gifted you something huge, even though, you know, you didn't step into the ritual, you didn't step into the hoorah energy, and you were kind of down, uh, you know, on yourself about being a bad witch, but you got the best thing you could have gotten out of the energy. That's very true. So yay you, you win. Woohoo. Yay. <laughs> I win Vegas nerve reset energy. <laughs> Level up. Cue <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> um, for me, <laughs> well, for me, the portal opened and I received like an like I had an aha moment and I posted about it on our Instagram. And I knew the second I posted about that, I literally heard my guide say, and now you get a new lesson. And I was like, no, no, I just, no, let me revel in my success. And they're like, no. And literally like the next day, or maybe if I was lucky the day after, death spiral. Oh no. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I posted about that. I posted that the veil was thin, but don't despair because your guides are with you and they're using the current energies to make you aware of the work that you need to do. And sure enough, the next day I was like, <laughs> I'm so aware. 
painfully aware. And of course, it all happened to be revolving around abundance or a lack thereof and what that's going to mean for my life moving forward and all this stuff was coming up. And honestly, I don't know what happened. I was down in the dumps and it was even reflecting in my computer like, you know, when I went to do the art for our Instagram posts, my computer was like, yeah, you can't use that brush because your computer's full. And I was like, how? How, how is it so full that I can't use a brush? You know, how is it so full that I literally can't do one action? I can't save one more picture. I can't add one more layer. I can't do any of that. And I really, I saw a connection between what I was spiraling about emotionally and it was reflecting directly to me in my computer that I use all the time. And I spent the next few days working out the problems with my computer so I could continue on the path that I wanted to continue on. And there's no coincidence there that as I worked through each little aspect of solving this computer issue that was causing the problem externally, it was also helping me resolve and reflecting directly the issue that was that I was having internally. And I was like, well, that's fucking magical, but it sucks. Like it sucks every day, every minute of every day. This sucks. I'm tired. I, I don't know how I'm going to meet my deadlines. I don't know how I'm going to continue to create. This is threatening everything I want to do with my life. And the guides were like, this is threatening everything you want to do with your life. Just like your point of view is threatening everything you want to do with your life. Ouch. In the same way. There is literally no separation between what your computer is giving you as feedback and what you are doing to yourself internally. Ouch. As long as you hold this mentality that, you know, you're going to lose everything and you're going to have to go work for some dumbass, you are headed down that path because there's no room for expansion. You are giving yourself no choice. And I was like, that's terrifying. And they're like, good. Be scared that at least you're being scared about something that's real then. Right. And I was like, whoa, oh, whoa, I don't know exactly what to do with this. And the only thing you can do when you don't know what to do with information they're giving you is sit with it. That's yeah. all you can do. Because most of the time, what they're asking you to do is just let it sink in. They're not asking you to judge it. They're not asking you to act on it. They're not asking you to do anything except let it be a truth for a minute. And the more you sit with it, the more you're able to see how you are choosing things that will create the exact thing you do not want. And that's that was the beginning. That was just the beginning of my Lionsgate portal. The portal continued on and it got easier for me. But as it got easier for me, I ran into friends who were expressing to me the difficulties they were having with it. And my own um, frustrations aside, I was getting downloads as a result of, of speaking with these people and seeing their perspective. And they just 
they really kept coming. I've had like four and I don't even know that it feels like so much that I didn't even know what to do that. I had to write it down. Um, not only because I made a deal with the guides that that is what I would do when they gave me information. Um, but because if I didn't write it down, I wouldn't be able to process it all. It was too, yeah. it was too big. So one of those downloads was talking about the, the blessing and the curse of the pandemic. And even as I say pandemic or lockdown, those, those hot button words, um, I'm aware that censorship has been such an issue around these topics that, that I have to make a conscious decision not to couch my terms. So I'm making a conscious decision to not couch my terms with regards to this experience, because this is what we've experienced. We experienced two years of stopping. And a friend of mine was telling me last week how the last two years have been nothing but, have felt like nothing but loss. Loss of money, loss of people, loss of friends, people moving away, people and pets dying, um, it's just, it just feels like grief and loss to her. And what the guide said was that it, it wasn't any more so than any other time in our lives. However, we didn't have all of the distractions yeah, that we usually have. Yeah. To draw us away from it. And without those distractions, we were forced to really take a look at the decisions we were making on our own behalf. And that includes how am I spending my time? Who am I spending my time with? What am I distracting with myself with? Where is my energy going? You know, it really forced us to curate or start to pay attention to how we curate our own abundance. And abundance, of course, starts way before money, way before material interests. That's, that's the manifestation into this realm. But it starts with our energy and it starts with our intention and it starts with our wisdom. All of these things that we just take for granted and give away every day of our lives. And that's the blessing part is that now we are aware enough, now that things are starting to pick back up and move, we are going to run into blockages every time we start to try and reclaim what was. Sure. And those blockages are in our best interests because they're alerting us to things that we have yet to change for our own benefit. Yeah, that we haven't dealt with yet or addressed or really taken the time to sit with mm -hmm. or, or maybe you've done work already in that department, but it's time for you to move to the next level of that lesson and you're kind of dragging your feet or digging your heels in and don't want to well and beyond dragging your feet or digging your heels in because that's definitely happening and that's part of what i was going through when Lionsgate, you know opened mm -hmm. um was a, a resistance to um being okay with better <laughs> Right. I mean, that that's the problem in a nutshell is that I'm afraid to be okay with better because if I don't get better, things will get worse. <laughs> yeah, right. Woohoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> like, what? Not cuckoo. Not cuckoo. It at feels all. insane. 
of course it feels insane but i think i think a lot of people can relate to being in that space it sounds insane to to ourselves when we say it out loud mm -hmm. because of course you want better duh and why would you not be okay with better but it's it is a real thing because you get attached to that particular well to the particular story that particular narrative and the way that you operate within that little tiny space you know right. you may have been navigating that tiny space for a really long time and although it sucks you're familiar enough with it to where you're like well do i want to deal with the am i more okay dealing with the familiar even though it sucks or am i you know going to be okay dealing with the better even though it's unfamiliar and therefore scary and i don't know how to operate in that bubble i don't know how to be in that bubble or even if that bubble exists yeah or fearful of, of the bubble not existing mm -hmm. yeah totally and therein lies the description of the handshake with safety right and what they you know what they wanted us to know was that what you have to understand is once you change that behavior once you change that pattern once you switch out that belief system and shift into one that is more suitable to what you want to create in order to manifest it into the 3d the this density this whatever you want to call it frequency dimension choose a word insert it here you have to think of it as like it, when you're using your essential oils and they're coming out like one slow drop at a time and you're like how do i get how do i get more to come out you know it there's there's a reducer in the form of a veil of between what you desire to manifest and what is actually going to be reflected back to you in your uh, external experience. And it may take a minute or a year for you to see where you're going and how it's reflecting back to you. And on top of that, this was the second part of the download that they gave when I was talking to my friend. Um, they wanted us to know, hold on, let me, let me look because I have forgotten. Um, right. I know I do that all the time where I'm like, the, okay, I have to refer to my notes. <laughs> the energy they wanted, they, the message that came through was the energy is not of change, but of exchange. Oh, that's good. I like that. Right. And as a result of that, you aren't, you aren't necessarily going to be able to see the betterment of your existence until you're looking back. Ooh, that shifts a lot. Really, it does. Because instead of instead of just letting go of something, you're getting something in return. They're like, here's the deal, though. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you this, but you have to hand over X perspective. <laughs> right. Exactly. Are you willing to make the trade, mm -hmm. you know, and and yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense and it does make a difference because you know it does mean that you're getting something for something you're not losing it because that that whole mindset that whole bubble that that you sit yourself in and that you surround yourself with 
does become a part of your identity after a while. Yeah. And it, you know, really twisted, weird way becomes more difficult to do the work to work through because at the end of that, what are you left with? And if you're sitting in that perspective of lack and have nots, then the outcome of that looks like I'm losing something. Right. Not I'm gaining something. But this is putting a twist on that and saying, look, we're going to give you something, but right now your hands are full. So you're going to have to hand over that thing that's in your hand so that we can make the swap. Are you willing to swap? And and an example would be, um, you know, I, I really, my apartment's small and it feels cramped. I feel like I've outgrown it. And and over here, there's this apartment that is bigger, but of course costs more and I can afford it, but I'm not sure how, I, I, or I'm not, I'm not feeling really comfortable with the idea of spending so much more money, but I have it. And then you make the decision to move to that apartment and it betters that aspect of your life. But for example, you lose a portion of the money that you were bringing in that made you comfortable spending that amount of money on that apartment. Not Mm -hmm. that means you're in peril now and you can't afford it. You can still afford it, but guess what? You don't feel as comfortable. And the reason you don't feel as comfortable is because you've set certain handshakes with safety. I need a buffer of this much money in my account in order to feel safe. Yeah. And so that's what every decision we're making is based on. It's based on made up sort of random buffers that make us feel and placate us into safety. But really what they're doing is they are they are a mechanism for denying our discomfort. And they are enabling us to continue making decisions. And every time we're safe, we go, whew, oh, thank God. Okay, I'm safe. See, I'm safe. And we use it to support our story, having no real clue whether or not it would have worked out regardless. Right. And I definitely identify with that. I mean, how I spent... 10 out of 17 years at a job that was making me physically ill, holding on to it because of a money aspect, a story about a money aspect mm-hmm. of I'm if, if I'm going to continue to get sick, I'm going to have to have enough money to take care of myself instead of going well if i stop doing the job i won't be as sick anymore and i won't need that like it was kind of crazy when i figured out that i Mm -hmm. was working to be sick Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then i was like what the fuck like who does that everybody who does everybody I was so angry at myself for a while, which also wasn't fair. It, you know, I I made a lot of judgments on myself about it. It's like, look, 
it's cool. You know, it, it, it worked out the way that it needed to eventually. And, you know, you have, you have takeaways. And one of the biggest takeaways is realizing that that was not a thing you needed to do. Right. Well, and, and it was, it's, it's beyond that. It's beyond that was not a thing you needed to do. The takeaway was learning what is more important, what you really need to thrive. And it may not have shown you how to thrive because that is a deeper program that's still lodged in there. But it showed you sure as shit that working to be sick was never going to get you there. Yeah. So it showed you what it. it showed you what wasn't going to work. But tapping into what will work is a whole other story that I find everyone including myself is pretty much completely resistant to. <laughs> yeah. And no one ever likes to hear the answer. And I don't like to hear it when I have to give it because I'm resistant to it too. I, I mean, since Lions, Lionsgate started, I am much less resistant to it. I am, I have come into a space where the only way I can describe it is that there is a hunger ignited in me and the hunger that I feel for achieving and accomplishing what I want is greater than my desire to be safe. Well, and I think that's where it has to start, honestly. It's, it's the only place. Yeah. That's the leap of faith right there. It's yeah. The, you know, is, is leaning into this feels good. Yeah. I like this. This is firing me up. This is get, getting my energy going. This makes me want to start moving. This makes me want to start creating. And, and really that's, that's kind of, you know, we get, sometimes we get lost in the pomp and circumstance of the ritual and the ceremony. And we forget to get back to the basics of what is the actual, what's the actual lesson or or what is the actual platform of learning here what is the benefit to this energy and sometimes we get lost in all of the fluff and you know not that ceremonies and rituals can't help us they they do they help us to focus when we need that extra time and space to focus but I, I think, you know, kind of as we've branched out into things being a little bit more commercial in the spiritual sector too, sometimes we kind of, you know, it's, it's like getting excited about buying, you know, Christmas presents and things like that. <laughs> you, you know, you're like, Ooh, I need, I need all the tools. And it's like, well, really the, the most important tools are, are within you, <laughs> the things that you actually, you know, open yourself up to and, and connect to. And yes, tools can help you with that. And they can be great for that. If, if you're lacking the focus and you need that, just remember to strike a balance with it so that, you know, the tools are actually supporting you in, in your growth and not and not perpetuating the problem. 
Sure. And I think that, you know, the, the quickest way to say that is, you know, have your rituals become routines. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. The second I feel, because I do a ritual every night, I do a ritual before bed, it helps me get into the mindset of, you know, having a good night's sleep doesn't always work. But that's the point um, where I I go through and, you know, gratitude rituals make me want to throw up in my mouth, like want to throw up in my, I would rather throw up in my mouth than do a gratitude ritual. However, the first part of that is tapping into what I truly appreciated about my day, what I enjoyed about it, what I appreciated about it, what, you know, any sort of messages, messages that came in, um, I, inspirations I had, that kind of gratitude I, I get behind because yeah, yeah. it keeps me from thinking that when I feel like shit, that everything is shit. It's not all shit. You're just going through a thing right now. Calm down. Your guide still told you this, that, and the other thing. You still decided, hey, it sounds like a good idea, and I want to try doing this, that, and the other thing. Every, the momentum has not died. The wind is not out of your sails. You're still moving forward because for me, forward momentum is life. Like if I feel stagnant, oh my gosh, it's a very difficult thing for me to deal with. That doesn't mean I don't deal with it. It doesn't mean I don't experience it. I experience it all the damn time. Like, don't oh. tell me you didn't see anything good today, Cameron. <laughs> Whatever, Ferris. Um, so, but but by tapping into the good that did happen, like, you know, and it could be as simple as, simple as something like, you know, I made it to the store before the heat hit. I mean... <laughs> Dude, it, that's a thing right now. Right? That is a thing. It was not scorching when I went to the store. That's amazing. And I'm really, truly happy for that because it just made my life a little bit easier. And when life is feeling very overwhelming and heavy and hard, the things that make your life easier are things that you can be grateful for. So long story short, too late. Gratitude. And then I call in source energy. I pillar the energy by running it through my body, sending it down into the earth, you know, asking for healing. This is just the, the, the thing I do. I send a wave of love across the planet, which is way more kumbaya than I'd ever admit to being, except in front of however many people are going to hear this, this very intimate setting. Not the kind of kumbaya I usually am down for, but truly heartfelt and meant yeah. mean it every time. And then I pull the energy back up through my crown and send it back to source with gratitude. After that, I talk about the day that I have following. What do I want to accomplish? I'd like to do this, that, and the other thing. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to the store tomorrow because I just feel like shit. And I think I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get out of bed. And so I ask my guides, guides, if there's a way you can inspire me or motivate me to get my ass out of bed, I'd really appreciate it, you know? And uh, 10 out of 10, they do it. 10 out of 10 the next day, I feel that sort of welling of inspiration. Just, girl, just get it out of the way. It'll be fine. Yeah. So take it minute by minute. Take your time. Do your thing. Get it done before the sun starts to breathe. And I get it done the next day. Yeah. Um, I don't remember why I fucking started talking about this. <laughs> I got lost in my own tangent. Well, I mean, that's kind of a thing that we do. 
it is it is prepare yourself yeah prepare yourselves but you know i think i think it's really important you know because we were talking about rituals and kind of you know there's the rituals that that are actually helping you and then there's the rituals that are like the pomp and circumstance right 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 and that ritual helps me however if i'm in a place where I'm hating everything and I'm like, you know, crying all the time and I'm not doing well. I tell my guides, you know what? I don't have it in me tonight and I don't know when I will again. And I don't let myself feel bad about that. I don't punish myself for skipping a night or changing it up. You know, if something stops working for me, I ask myself instead of, you know, say stopping it, I'm not going to do that anymore because I hate it. I say, well, I'm not doing that anymore because I hate it. And then I say, but what would I like to do instead? Yeah. What would make more yeah. sense for who I am in this moment? Yeah. And by what doing that, hmm? what works better for me? Yeah. And, and not just works. what works better for me, but what works better for the me I am right now. It acknowledges that you've changed. And that instantly puts you in the mindset, oh, I've changed. That means things are moving. That means things aren't stagnant. Mm -hmm. That means I'm not stuck. I'm just in a new space that's uncomfortable. Well, and it's nice because the me that you are right now isn't necessarily the the you that you're going to be tomorrow either. It's simply the, the you that you are in this moment, which, which, again you know that kind of ties back into like the the talking about like the somatic response as well because it's very much about being in the present and so that kind of work and kind of cluing into that definitely helps to connect you more to the right now and and understanding that it is it's temporary and that we're always changing. We're always yeah. changing on a daily basis, on a minute to minute basis, we're changing. You know, we we have all of these false ideas about security and, and what that looks like. It's really more about what it feels like. If you can feel safe right in this moment, then there's a possibility that you are going to feel safe tomorrow. There's also a possibility that you won't feel safe tomorrow, but there was also the possibility today that you weren't going to feel safe right now, but you do. So it kind of opens you up a little bit more to possibility and not always having that possibility seem like something that's bad, that's looming over you, but Mm -hmm. something that's exciting that you can engage in and and pull from to help create you know minute by minute as you move forward yeah absolutely and and i think that 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 little shift in understanding is another one of those keys that unlocks our ability to completely shift how we live our lives yeah because it's not going to be again it's it's not going to be a change it's going to be an exchange i'm giving up my fear for this minute 
so that I can move on to the next minute with less fear. I'm giving up my fear for this day so that I can use this day to accomplish whatever I feel is in my best interest. I'm going to give up my fear for this week. I've looked ahead and I see for this whole week, I'm going to be okay. So that means that I have an abundance of time on my hands to use for things that further my joy and my comfort. And I, I want to use those resources to do this, that, and the other thing. That's how you start to shift from your handshake with safety into a more active pursuit of the thing that has you've never dared pursue because it felt too uncomfortable. Well, and it creates flexibility. And I like that. And space. The space creates flexibility. Yeah. 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 And it's and it's nice because, you know, you have the option of in in any moment of being able to shift where you're at and turn to a different direction. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't like this road. This road is bumpy. Okay. Well, look, there's another, there's a whole open field that I can track through. Let's go see what it feels like to do that. Right. And if you don't like right. that, then you can shift from there and you can continue to shift as much as you like until you find something that, that does work for you, that does feel good in that moment, or that does, you know, excite you or elicit more joy or, you know, or just a feeling of at least balance. Right. So you're not always stuck feeling like you're stuck in the mud or that you are resigned to a particular road because that's the one that you've been on and that's the one that's, you know, feels comfortable and well-traveled. Yeah. And the, and the other thing about what you're saying that I think is so important to look at with a conscious eye is that, you know, say you're on the road and the road is too bumpy. So you decide to cross the field. And when you're crossing the field, you run into the muck and mire and you get stuck. What if instead of when you get stuck in the muck and mire, instead of saying, you know, oh, I should have stayed on the road, it was bumpy, but it was better than this. What if while you're in the muck and mire, you make the decision to view that as exactly where you're supposed to be and recognize that while you were focused on getting from point A to point B, the real journey that your higher self had in store for you was you know, it needed a necessary detour. So it gave you a bumpy road that it knew was going to make you choose a different course of action. And it put you in the muck and mire so that you could learn how to accept help or how to meet new people or how to accomplish something that will later on become a building block for the new life that you would like to create. Or maybe you just need to sit your happy ass down and play in the mud. <laughs> True. Maybe you do need to sit your happy ass down or your unhappy ass down and just sit there for a while. Play in the mud. Yep. Totally play. Yeah. And Squish and again, play. Yeah. And and take it as an opportunity to play and laugh at the absurdity of being stuck in the right. mud. Because sometimes you just need to sit down and have yourself a laugh. 
at the well, absurdity of life. Yeah. And like, <laughs> what, what other choice do you have really? Like you can yeah. either accept that you are now a stick in the mud or you cannot accept it, rail against it, get yourself in deeper because the lesson's only going to in intensify as you fight it, you know, and not learn until you reach the same conclusion that accepting it in the first place could have brought you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like I've made a lot of headway in that area myself over the last several years. Like I can look at situations and go, yeah, had that happened five years ago, like I would have been completely derailed. Like I would have had a meltdown. I would have had a breakdown. It would not have been okay like full mm -hmm. panic attack <laughs> and you know hyperventilating and you know scrambling to try to make things work that just weren't going to that you know were not meant to banging your head against the wall trying to just get something to happen in the same yeah. way over and over yeah it's exhausting just thinking about it it is exhausting, but it's funny to me now to like look at myself and even even in the times when I get anxious and I do have a day like it's usually like a, you know, like a couple of hours of meltdown instead of a full day or a full week or a full month of meltdown. Right. And it really frees me up to go, OK, well, I made it through that. And I'm still fine and I'm still breathing and I'm still here. And now I have a couple of ideas about what may, what I may be able to do to, you know, help with whatever's next. Right. And, and I feel like, I feel like not only am I handling it better, you know, into, in a mental and physical space, but as far as like actual workability of being able to, you know, brain something new that, that might help. It's, that's getting a little bit easier to do as time goes on. And and I am very happy with that. And sometimes I forget to stop and go, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. That's a big accomplishment. Yeah. You know, yeah. take, take the small wins. And I think we've been saying that a lot lately, but like the, the small wins are really a lot bigger than you realize because it's, it's putting a major dent in your perspective. Like that, that thing that you do that seems like a small thing right now builds into being a whole new outlook eventually because that, that is building kind of a new safety for yourself where you're like, well, I allowed myself to be uncomfortable for a while and I didn't die and <laughs> my world didn't come crumbling down. And I thought of something else to do 
and I found joy in that something else that I did. And then things kind of worked out. And so it wasn't that bad anyway. That's shifting your perspective Absolutely. and that's shifting your reality and that's shifting your whole yes. life. So that seemingly little thing that you did is actually huge. And it's the only way it's going to happen because if you try yeah. to force a huge change based on the knowledge that what you're doing isn't working, nine times out of 10, you're going to be resisting what you're trying without without coming up with any game plan for something new. You're just going to be not doing. Yeah, you're, you're, it's being stagnant. It's worse than being stagnant. It's being resistant. Even if yeah, there yeah. were momentum, you couldn't catch the crazy train because you would be resisting not doing what you're focused on. You're still focused on the same thing. And as long as you're focused on that thing, you can't move forward. So the only way to do it is through these small shifts of perspective that say, hey, I know this thing is looming and it's right around the corner. Let's just put that on the shelf for today. And let's what do we need? How do we need to handle ourselves? How do we need to take care of our wants and needs today? Yeah. And pursue what you have control over because otherwise, I don't know about you all, but for me, the second I get into panic mode, everything shuts down. Yeah. I can't brain anything. I can't troubleshoot how to take a knife out of the kitchen drawer. You know, I, I, I can't accomplish anything when I'm in panic mode. It literally catches in my throat, tenses my entire body and my brain goes foggy. Yeah. And the only way to not throw yourself into panic mode is to allow yourself baby steps. Yeah. And I think for those of us who, who are empaths, who tend to spend more time in, you know, connecting to our upper senses and our upper chakras and floating around in that world, because it, it tends to feel more safe since we've been talking about that word a lot, mm -hmm. like If we take the opportunity to kind of sit in that space a little bit more and let the feelings flow through instead of blocking them and immediately going to the, what, you know, I want to cut everything off. Mm -hmm. It's like you, well, when you're doing that, you're also, you're, you're blocking your flow, you're blocking the flow of energy, you're, you're blocking your port for release of any of that. And it is getting caught up in your physical body somewhere. And then your physical body is going to hold it and respond to it. So as you're making those little shifts along the way, you know, if you can sit in a little pocket of uncomfortable and kind of you know, maybe use some of the, the somatic response exercises as you're going along and helping to relax the vagus nerve and helping to just breathe for a moment. And instead of letting your brain go immediately to either shut down or to, you know, everything's a disaster 
go, well, wait a second. If I really tune in to the room around me, I'm fine. The room's fine. Nothing's fallen. Nothing's <laughs> broken. Nothing's on fire. Nothing's under water. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm okay. Like, is there any reason to dial 911 mm -hmm. right now? Seriously, if there's no reason to dial 911 right now, then you are fine. It may not feel fine because your mind is racing to, you know, thumbing through stories that you've created about, you know, about the weight of whatever the situation is. But maybe if you can relax and, you know, do the breathing and focus your gaze and keep your eyes open and not cut yourself off. Or whatever your trick is. Yeah, whatever your trick is, you know, and and actually allow that energy to move through the physical body so that you're not, you know, weighing yourself down with something that is just unnecessary. I think I think as I think as empaths we we tend to do that to ourselves a lot. We end up with a lot of little, you know, tricks in our bag that we don't even realize we've accumulated for, you know, keeping ourselves quote unquote safe. Well, the very the very nature of becoming an empath yeah. is you are picking up on energetic and emotional cues in your environment for the purpose of keeping yourself alive. Yeah. For the purpose of monitoring every little thing so that you can try to negotiate your environment because you feel unsafe in it. And when we start to awaken, the whole purpose of awakening is to take the tools that we've gained from being empaths, becoming empaths, and use those tools to better our lives in a new way. Yeah. So it's not, it's not discarding everything you've learned and trying to pick up fresh new tools. It's looking at the tools you've developed and asking yourself, now how can I apply these to what I want instead of what I don't want? Well, and asking yourself what truly is a tool and what is a wrench in the works? <laughs> because well, sometimes- And a wrench in the works is gonna be a coping mechanism. Yeah, is a coping mechanism and, you know, eventually it's, even the even the wrench in the works is going to help you realize where you need to be it's just a matter of you know getting to a place where you can see that and then decide to try on something different than than what you've been putting on you know yeah. or picking up and playing with it's yeah, it's all it's all a path to becoming conscious of your choices. Yeah, the path up until now has been all about being conscious of your surroundings. And now it has changed. The landscape has changed and it exists inside of you. And it's all about becoming conscious of your own choices and how they are continuing to manifest the life that you had been taught to live. Yeah.
Man, it's going to be it. Well, it already is, but it is going to be a very interesting shadow season. <laughs> I mean, it really already is. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it seems like four years now I have been saying every year shadow season is coming sooner and sooner every year. Yeah. Like we're we're tapping into it more and more. It's coming more to the the forefront and and this year is definitely no exception i feel like we we touched a lot on shadow season in spring even and now that we're getting even closer like there's a lot i know there's also been a lot coming up recently about like working with the ancestors and kind of seeing that work maybe a little bit differently than we had in the past. I mean, everybody works through their stuff differently and has different practices on, on how they connect. But I know that I have been looking at my own work a little bit differently than I had in the past and um, switching it up a little bit. And I think that's important too is to remember that even though you may have developed certain practices over the years that are your tried and true there there are going to come times when the energy has shifted enough to where maybe it doesn't work like it used to and instead of getting frustrated with that you know finding the space within yourself to release a little bit of your, you know, your quote unquote system for doing that and creating a new one or, or letting it morph into something different than what it happened to best benefit the work that you're doing mm -hmm. right now. And how exciting is it that because I'm seeing a pattern here and patterns are indicators of where we're at on our journey. And what I'm seeing is, is that, you know, the closer these eruptions get, you know, shadow seasons happening earlier and earlier every year, um, my lessons are coming more cl closer and closer together. That means if you envision it like a big mountain that you are trying to reach the pinnacle, that as you spiral up and around that mountain, you get closer and closer to the pinnacle. And so, of course, the cycle is shortening. Yeah. And that means that we're succeeding. That means that we're moving forward. That means that we are we are conquering that mountain. And that's exciting. Yeah, there's less to process. There's not as much downtime needed. Uh, well, we're, we're getting better at processing what's coming through, but what's coming through feels so much more surprising and, and deeper. It does. It does. But I think we're, I think we're developing the, we're developing the tools within ourselves to move through that with, with more of an open understanding of of like what we're actually being taught in that moment. So it doesn't seem as either it doesn't seem as daunting 
as we start actually moving through it. It may seem daunting before you actually mm -hmm. start getting into it. And then as you go along, you're like, well, actually, you know, like I feel good after I did that. Like I thought I was going to be exhausted, but I actually feel invigorated mm -hmm. instead. And, you know, you take those little opportunities to, to kind of sit in a moment of, you know, that's not anywhere near as bad as it was, you know, last year or year before last, or, you know, or it didn't take as long, or I didn't feel as, you know, I didn't feel like I was stuck in it. Now I feel like it's something that I get to do instead of something that I have to do. That has been a major shift for me over the years. I think the more and more I go through, the more and more I'm like, oh, I get to work with this energy today instead of, oh, I have to work through this today. Well, and I think a lot of that comes from having gone through it so many times, the cycle never changes. And so I think we become aware that, you know, when we first start the journey, we're like, what fresh hell? <laughs> Every lesson, we're like, what fresh hell? And now we're like, oh, oh, I get it. They're all the same hell. They're all my hell. I created every one of these hells. And now it's just a question of looking at it and realizing that once I look at it, it's like popping the water balloon. Yeah. And it, it can happen that quickly that all that energy is released just by looking at it and acknowledging it and, and deciding in that moment that you want something different and better for yourself and that you're going to focus instead of avoiding that balloon popping you're going to focus on where you would where you would like to see yourself instead what what would you like instead of that water balloon full of fear and panic yeah and then asking yourself investigating yourself to find out what that thing is and how you might be able to achieve it and then, gosh, I didn't realize there were so many steps to this process, but then the final step is to embrace the journey towards that thing. Yeah. And releasing your expectations of what it looks like to get that thing. Oh, yes. Release the, release the damn expectations. It's the hardest thing to do. Totally the hardest thing to do, but really necessary because that's where the room for growth is like when you get when you get the expectation out of the way then it's like then the whole world is your oyster really like everything opens up because there's there's things that like you can possibly imagine but because you had expectation and you were holding on to that and like you know you kept making the platform tinier and tinier and then you got freaked out when you realize that there was nowhere to step next. Well, and the platform was always going to get smaller and smaller because the thing that started this whole journey to begin with is that we were raised to, to view the world as other people told us it was instead of to make the world we wanted to live in. Yeah. And so there was never going to be any room for expansion in that paradigm. And when we started to wake the fuck up, what, what we ran into was being much more conscious of all the fears that we're making our decisions from. 
And that was the journey. That was the hardest part of the journey. Not that the journey's over by any means. The journey never freaking ends. Don't get yeah. your hopes up. This this is why you're here. Yeah. To do this forever and ever on it. It's just like Earth is a learning experience. That's it. But it can get so much more free and empowered and easy and in flow. All of those cliches that spiritual teachers spit out at 55 miles per hour, they're all true. It's just a question of the practical solutions to actually achieving that. Yeah. And just and getting comfortable with that, that new process because it is, it's, it's very different from, from how you've grown up and, and the, the systems and things that were put in place, you know, in the beginning that, you know, it took time to get ingrained into that. And so, of course, it's going to take time to undo that and trade that in for something else, for something that works better. And there's always going to be little moments of doubt that creep up in your mind where you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know if I'm saying yes to the right things. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And that's normal, but, you know, I think the more times you kind of take the chance and go, well, but let's, let's see, let's see how this works. Let's see if it works. I mean, really, what do you have to lose? Right. You really don't. No, you haven't, you haven't, every time you make the choice to be afraid and let fear make your decisions for you, you're not in any danger of gaining anything anyway. At the yeah. most, you're in danger of not losing what you already have. But if not losing what you already had was your goal, you know, it, it, it's never your goal. You always want more. Yeah. And so not losing what you already had is going to keep you from getting more. Yeah. So stinking true. <laughs> have we done the thing? I think we've done the thing. I think we have too. I think we've done the thing. Like there's still a lot more to talk about. Oh yeah. And there's a lot more that we're excited about. Oh yeah. Like there's going to be a lot of conversation coming up because I know oh, one yeah. thing, like one thing that we haven't touched on like at all tonight, that's going to come up in the very near future because I know we're both going to bust if we don't talk about it. What? Is ghosty things. Oh, God. Well, you know, shadow season is coming earlier this year. <laughs> it is. It is. And we are so feeling the ghostiness right now. I am, yeah. I am feeling the Halloween. I am feeling... I am feeling all the ghosty things. I am... I am watching all the ghosty things. <laughs> I am listening to the ghosty things. I am flipping through ghosty things on Instagram. What are you into the ghosty things? That's the I question. I am into the ghosty things. It well, is. we'll have to tune in next time in yes. order to hear all about the ghosty things or the time after that. We can't promise anything. We right. never know what the guides are going to put in our heads and spit out our mouths. And that's the whole point of the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Truth. So can I wrap us up? I, I think we just did, didn't we? No way, man. I have a new closeout and I'm using it, damn it. All right. Go. <laughs> Use your closeout. All right. So here 
at using our inside voice. Our mission is to empower you. So if you've enjoyed the show, please empower us by liking, commenting, subscribing, and sharing. It helps us to empower others. And if you would like to stay up to date with our insights, our downloads, and our upcoming shows, check us out on Instagram, which is using our inside voice, all one word. And until next time, this is Heather and Jamie, and we're using our outside voice to say, stay safe, stay sovereign, and we'll see you next time. Woohoo! We out.